This is Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 177, Heal from Mean Girls. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of the show. I am so excited about this week's episode for you. I have been prepping it for weeks and today is the day I get to birth it. So happy birthday, beautiful episode. We are talking all about healing from mean girls. Another title I almost titled this episode was something along the lines of like how to experience the divine feminine circles. I mean, that doesn't really... It's not snappy, is it? But what I'm getting at today here is I do want to touch on quote unquote mean girl behavior or what I often call wounded or toxic feminine behavior and then talk about the divine feminine. And I know I've talked about this on other episodes if you listen closely, but specifically today I want to talk about what it looks like to experience quote unquote mean girl behavior because we experience it so often in our lives with other women that we don't even realize that it's harmful or toxic. And I just wanna call it out so that you can make a very clear cut decision and understanding of, oh, okay, this is what is quote unquote toxic or it's coming from the wounded feminine. So you can start to A, not be in circles like that and two, not participate in behaviors like that. And then on the flip of that, I want to talk through what it looks like in the divine feminine and talk through what circles or groups of friends or communities look like that have that kind of energy and what can come up when you're in those kind of circles because of past mean girl behavior that you've experienced. So we're going to cover a lot today and it is a different, how do I want to say this? It's a different way of looking at the divine feminine because you may be like, well, Lindsay, you did a whole episode on unleashing your divine feminine and you did an episode with Nicoleano on balanced masculine and feminine energy. And those are great supplements to those episodes. So we'll link them in the show notes. 
But again, today is going to have its own different spin on it for you to really start to understand, okay, what kind of circles or communities does it look like when it's in the toxic feminine versus in the divine feminine? And I'm recording this because... Anytime I have a group program, be it my Living the Dream Mastermind or my Awakened Woman program that I'm going to start offering in group or anything else I offer down the road, I want them to come listen to this episode before they start in that container because those spaces I am intentionally creating a divine feminine energy. And as I've done this now for many, many years, I just have seen a pattern of what comes up for people when they step into a container like that. Because as I said, we're so used to that mean girl or wounded or toxic feminine energy that we're not used to being in the divine feminine. It's like, holy shit, what's going on here? All right. So before I jump into all of it, you know, I just touched on I've been doing this for years of holding containers in the divine feminine, but that's not just in coaching because now I've had a coaching business for over eight years. And the first year I did only one on one clients, but I was holding that space for them in the divine feminine before I even knew what that was because I was modeling what my coach, my coach, is Dan- her name is Danielle, what she did for me. It was the first experience I had ever had with a woman other than like, you know, like friendships or acquaintances here and there where I was just so deeply and unconditionally loved. I was listened to. I was um, celebrated. I was allowed to vent without her getting involved in it and getting naggy and complaining in it. And that modeled so much for me. And Danielle ended up being one of my trainers when I went through coach school. And so, yeah, from there, I was able to create intentional spaces with one-on-one clients and then eventually with group. And especially when I started my masterminds called Living the Dream in 2020, So now I'm on my third year of starting that. I have really grown a lot in holding that container now for almost three years and learning so many lessons along the way of what comes up for women in spaces like that, what comes up for me in spaces like that, areas I've had to grow in, they've had to grow in, et cetera. But I also want to present to you, before I had my coaching business, I had a dance studio. And I had that dance studio... Goodness, I think for three or four years. So it wasn't a long term thing, but I started that studio when I was 24. And then I had it until I guess I was like 26 or 27. And that was me holding a lot of girls and women in the divine feminine as much as possible. Now, there was a show back in the day called Dance Moms on Lifetime. You may have seen it, where it was whoa, like way in the wounded feminine and wounded masculine too of just a lot of drama and cattiness and competition and gossip and judgment and all the things. Um, So the dance world is known for being that way. And I really took those girls and women, because when I say women, it's their moms, and really tried to give them something special in that. Now, I was really young. Like I said, I was 24 years old holding all of these 
girls and women in that. I had some dance teams. And so we were together a lot throughout those years in competitions and multiple practices weekly. And these parents were spending, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars with me every month, which is a lot for dance. Let's just call it what it is. And so I've been doing this for a while now. And even before that, you know, I was in human resources very briefly But human resources tends to be an area in corporate that is more feminine and holding people in their pain at work or giving them jobs. And it's, you know, it's like the soft side of corporate in a lot of ways. And so I have experience there. And then too, I grew up dancing and I grew up dancing in a lot of toxic, toxic environments just oh gosh so I'm sure I'll tell stories as we go along and so I've just experienced a wide range of different things I also grew up with a mom who was very gossipy and insecure and definitely in that toxic feminine energy and she still is today unfortunately Um, and so again I've experienced a wide range and I've been holding women in the divine feminine for as long as I can remember even in high school we had a dance team and I was one of the you know, leaders of the dance team. We call them officers. And it was really interesting too what came up there with that dynamic and so many things. So again, I say all that to say, I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I've been doing this in multiple spaces and I feel like I know what the F I'm doing at this point. And so I hope that just gives you some reassurance of what I'm about to say comes from you know, probably 20 years of experience at this point. All right, so let's just kind of dig into this. Um, First, what I want to do is I want you to start to think about experiences that you've had with girls or women in the past. And I want you to think about specifically the relationship you had with your mother or other female family members. Okay, so that could be sisters, aunts, cousins, etc. All right, so just start to bring forth some memories. Maybe you even need to pause this episode as you start to think about experiences with girls and women in your past, especially your family, and just start seeing what comes to mind. Our brain naturally really sticks to negative memories because that's just how the brain works. It wants to keep us alive and safe, right? So it really holds on to negative things. So if you're already thinking of some negative memories from your past with girls and women, that's okay. That's just the brain doing its job. Um, but, you know, like for me, I grew up with a mom who was is definitely in the toxic feminine energy, but I had a lot of amazing teachers growing up. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping teachers and My business is just starting to get to a place probably a year out where I am going to start donating a portion of my profits to different charities that I really love. And one of those charities will be something that's teacher focused. And the reason why is because my teachers impacted me a ton growing up. They showed me, in essence, this divine feminine energy that we'll dig into later, but it's just yeah, they influenced me so much. So I have always loved being around women. I love being around girls. I prefer it. I've gotten just a little bit more comfortable with men over the years, but you hand me a room of all girls or women, all men, and then a mix of the two, I will always go to the room of all girls. Like I just love that energy. And as I said, I've grown up around that and all the different circles. I was also in a sorority 
in college that I forgot to mention. I was one of the leaders there. And so, yeah, just been in all these kind of women's groups and circles growing up. Um, so yeah, when I think of memories from my past, I think of my mom, obviously, and I think of my amazing teachers. And I also think of friendships. You know, I've had many, many friendships with girls over the years. And I will say, you know, I think we all experience at some point, quote unquote, mean girl behavior, especially in those middle school years, which is so crazy. My daughter just entered middle school this week. So I'm kind of like, eh. But yeah, we all experienced that. We've all been that before. But yeah, I'm fortunate in that I didn't really have any huge things with friendships over the years. I've had lots of clients who have experienced things like that. And it's really impacted their view of girls and women. And so just know that that's okay if that's you. There's just some healing to do there. But I wanted to just give you a moment to bring forth those memories because those memories have likely impacted you in big ways. And that's what's holding you back from being able to really open yourself up to other women in a space like a coaching experience with me in my mastermind or group or wherever you're wanting to go, right? Even just some female friendships. So some common wounds that I typically see from women are things like I don't belong because maybe they got left out from different girls circles even you know directly I'm left out I'm not enough is a big thing that comes up for everybody at some point in their childhood and so many times when you know we're left out or we're made fun of or whatever happens I even hear from a lot of clients you know they grew up with mothers or family members or friends or whatever who are really into their bodies and how their bodies looked and so of course they pass that on to their daughters and so then the message that they were receiving is yeah I'm not enough you know I'm not pretty I need to be pretty to be loved and accepted or I'm just not loved and accepted as me or I'm not or I won't be loved and accepted as me unless I do these certain things be it body wise or something else some other things is just like I'm weird I'm different because again that maybe they've gotten left out in some ways and they may have some very direct beliefs about girls and women based on what they experienced pretty early on in life like girls are two-faced they're mean they're dramatic they're hurtful and then the other thing I see a lot with clients as we kind of unpack maybe some beliefs they have around girls and women is malicious intent from one woman to another woman especially in business or with relationships so Obviously, the business piece of this comes later in life as you enter corporate, especially, you know, and especially in past generations. You know, my mom kind of talks about this. My mom was born in 57. And so she entered the working world, I guess, in the early 80s, maybe like 70s, but early 80s. And so she talks about a lot in that generation that, you know, there was like one position for a woman and that's what they held that one position for and so there was a lot of competition to be able to get that position and I hear this again with many clients in the same boat who are from that generation it's gotten better over the years you know like the gen x millennial generation gen z obviously you know there's less competition among women for the most part but yeah it does come up and I think you know too I have some 20 something clients and what's really interesting is my 20-something clients, they tend to thrive because obviously they're working with me. That's my job is to help them do that. 
And then their friends start to get really jealous of them. And they start to be like, well, how much are you making? And you're only working this much. And wait a second, you're in this really great relationship and you're feeling really good. And so they start to bring in some competition and some judgment and it can get a little bit awkward. The other thing that I see it come in is not only with business, as I said, but in relationships. So I don't know about you, but you know, I've been cheated on many times. <laughs> and what's so interesting to me is I usually don't get super upset with the guy initially because, you know, part of my belief is, you know, we all kind of just talk about how men are pigs, right? <laughs> and like jerks and all the things. It's the other woman who many times knowingly goes along with it. And because I have so many amazing beliefs about women, I am, my brain gets confused of like, why would one woman want to hurt me? I don't understand this. I don't understand why she would maliciously want to take something that's not hers. And like, granted, he's the one that made the choice, of course, right? It's, it's his result, but that she goes along with that. Like, that's so weird. And what was interesting too is, you know, I was cheated on in my first marriage, which I never really even considered our marriage anymore. And the second relationship I was in was kind of like my rebound relationship. <laughs> I'll just call it what it is. There's a rebound. But he had a serious girlfriend and then I was his side piece. And I didn't know this. And when I realized it and I found out online, I messaged this woman immediately and I was like, oh my gosh, I've been dating this guy. I am so sorry. Here are some texts and some pictures that kind of prove this. And what's so interesting is like she went back to him and they've ended up getting married and they've had kids. Even though afterwards he still reached out to me, still trying to win me over, she still went back to him. (laughs) So there, you know, the shit like that happens in relationships and it can impact the way that we view women sometimes too, right? So just be aware of what is in your mind about women and that stems from those memories that I asked you to pull a bit ago, all right? So those are some things that just need healing because you've got to go in and really allow yourself and your brain to realize, hey, not all women are two-faced, not all of them are going to leave me out and make me feel like I don't belong. And there are some intentional healing exercises I do with clients to get them there. Um, I won't go into those details today because that would be the whole podcast, but just know there's some healing that's done, needed to be done around that. So if you're entering a container of mine, just know, you know, we're going to do that, but you have to make me aware of it too of like, hey, Lindsay, I listened to this episode. Here are some thoughts and beliefs I have about other women and girls great, awesome, we'll add it to our to-do list of things to work through, all right? Because we gotta work through those things because what happens is that when people enter a container that I'm holding the space for, even though most times it's a very, very safe container and they are very much loved and accepted and heard and they belong and you know they see that women aren't all the mean, nasty things, you know, the first little glimpse they get of feeling unsafe, even if it's just created in their mind, then they close up and they want to run away and they say, oh, see, this is what happens with girls and women and blah, blah, blah. And especially in the circles that I create, because I'm encouraging such vulnerability and openness 
And so it's a lot for someone's nervous system. And that's part of my job in those containers is to help them regulate to being so open because I want them to be so open in there because if they can do that in my containers and get really safe and protected and loved, they then go do that with other people. And so then their marriages start to feel more connected. Their friendships feel more connected. They're more connected at work. They're more connected with their kids, right? So there's a purpose in that. But I also have to just really like get people out of that comfort zone and lean into widening their ability to connect with other women, right? So I just want to call out to some mean girl behavior that is tied to that wounded feminine or even wounded masculine energy. And the reason why I want to call it out is because I just want you to see it in a very black and white terms of what mean girl behavior is. And so you can call other people out on it and you can call yourself out on it when you're doing this, okay? The first one is gossip. I used to be a huge gossiper, huge. And again, because I grew up in that. I would come home from school. I remember I'd put my backpack down. I would go upstairs to our game room and I would sit on the couch with my mom and we would talk shit for hours about everything in the day, like so-and-so did this and da 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 And that was the way that I connected with my mom because I had no other way of connecting with her. Um, and so then what happens is I went to college and I was in a sorority, as I said, and I was in leadership positions pretty quickly and I just continued to gossip. I was kind of like one of the it girls in our sorority and I kind of knew it and I would play people against each other, not like in a super malicious way, but it was just kind of like when I was with one group, I would talk about the other people. And when I was with that group, I would talk about the, the other people. And because I was friends with so many people, then I knew everything, right? And so that turned around and bit me in the butt big time. I was VP of finance, I was slated to be president, and instead, all these girls confronted me and they're like, hey, are you saying this about us? And this other girl came and said, hey, are you saying this about me? And I had been lying about it. And what happens is I lost all of my friends in about one day. And nobody wanted to hang out with me in the sorority anymore. Nobody wanted to be my roommate. Of course, I didn't become president, which was kind of relieving in a lot of ways. But I learned really quick of like, oh, I can't do this anymore. This is really harmful behavior. And I learned my lesson really quick. And from that day forward, I continued not to be so gossipy. Now, it's really tricky because, again, we get into women's circles or just talking to other women. And it can be just as casual as like I think about the girl moms that I have with my daughter, right? You know, we'll be at certain events together or whatever. And all of a sudden, somebody starts saying something and I'll catch myself doing it too. Like when I'm with one mom, I'll be like, oh, so-and-so drives me crazy. I said that a few weeks ago and I'm like, oh shit, Lindsay, like, why did you say that? Like, you know, sometimes we're just in a, a moment where we're kind of knocked down and we just do stupid shit like that, right? So just catch yourself, all right? Any kind of gossip, anything you're saying behind somebody's back is toxic feminine or wounded feminine behavior. And anytime you're feeling like you need to vent, you know, that's where, again, it's great to have a coach, a therapist, a journal, 
a friend who can hold space for you and not judge you in that. You know, for me, for a while, I had a mastermind that I was a client in. And one of my things that they had me do for a long time, because I just had so much I needed to vent, was I would just go in our community and I would just vent and say all the shit that needed to get out of my head. And so that was a really great way for me to get all that out of me. The other thing too, is when you're feeling like you need to say something to someone, instead of gossiping behind their back, just say it to their face. And if you can get to a place where you can be that direct with somebody and that emotionally regulated to where it doesn't stir you up and you can hold them, in whatever it brings up for them, that's the ideal. And that's where men tend to have an advantage, right? They just say it to other men. Like, hey dude, da 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 I hear it with my husband all the time because we both work from home now. The way he talks, to, cause he's a wealth manager. So he's in essence like helping, most of them are millionaires, like manage their money. And he'll be very direct with people about things. And he's very direct with his team and they just get shit done, right? Now, some of that is societal programming, obviously. When women go and do stuff like that, what are we labeled? A bitch. Like, how could she? La la la. But that's what causes toxic feminine behavior, right? We start gossiping. So the more we can be direct in that, and then when people give a shit about it, call it out and be like, is this because I'm a woman? Is that why you're calling me out? Because I'm saying something directly to somebody's face. Would you rather me not? Right? So yes, be honest and upfront in a loving way as much as possible. All right? That's how you're going to heal that. Number two, if you are fake or two-faced, if you're people-pleasing, if you're weak in your boundaries with yourself and your other with others, which again goes back to people-pleasing, that is wounded feminine behavior. So we've all met the woman and we may have all been the woman who is like, yeah, I'll do that for you, or yeah, I'll do that for you, or yeah, I'll take that on. And then later they're like, oh, fuck, why did I take this on? I really didn't want to do this. They don't have strong boundaries with that. And so what happens is that those people tend to get resentful at you because they've taken on these things that they didn't really want to do, but then they start blaming you for it. And so this this little seed of resentment, which then typically turns out to then lead to gossip of, oh, so it's driving me crazy and la 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 la. Like I know the woman that I'm around the most or the girl I'm around the most is my daughter. And there are moments where she just drives me crazy. And I'll sit there. And when I start to feel like I need to you know, say something about her to like my husband or something, I'll be like, whoa, 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 wait a second, Lindsay, like check in with yourself. Where are you not holding your boundaries? How are you people pleasing in this moment? And I can find it right away. I'm like, oh, you're not holding a boundary. She needs to clean up her room. You're not holding the boundary that she can't speak to you that way. Right. And so then I can start holding those boundaries and then things change. I even see this do with my clients sometimes. You know, I will start to get really drained or burn out because maybe I'm, we have this app called Voxer that I coach with them between sessions. And I've kind of been a 24-7 coach this past year because Voxer has been a new thing. And so I'll get on Voxer all the time. And there are times when I start to get like really worn out. I start to feel that little seed of resentment. And I'm like, whoo, okay, wait a second. What's going on here? Oh yeah, that's right, Lindsay. You need to set more boundaries. Okay, so we're going to turn off Foxer on the weekends. We're not going to do it on the evenings, blah, 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 blah. And so that really nips that on the bud pretty quick. Okay, so again, if you find yourself being fake or two-faced, people-pleasing, wanting to gossip, look at your boundaries and see what you need to change. Okay, and that can be really hard to set those boundaries. This is work I do with clients. So if that's for you, think about working with me. The other thing, 
mean girl behavior that's tied in the wounded feminine or even the wounded masculine is you're comparing yourself to others and you're viewing other women as a threat. I see this in my containers all of the time. And I saw this come up for me as a client and my mastermind where I started to say, oh, she likes so-and-so better because so-and-so is succeeding more than I'm succeeding right now. She's making more money. And that's what, you know, this coach wants is for all of us to make this certain amount of money. And I'm not doing that right now. Same with my containers. I'll hear clients tell me, yeah, but so-and-so is really, you know, thriving right now. And I just... You know, it just makes me feel like shit in some ways that, you know, I'm not thriving in that and we have to coach through that and talk through that, right? And so, you know, some of that is just human natural behavior. Our brain loves to compare and contrast and to see threats. And so if other people around us are thriving, you know, it brings up those feelings of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be left behind and like kicked out of the pack and la 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 la, right? And so, yeah, it's just something to keep in mind, If you're comparing yourself to others or seeing somebody else as a threat, just check yourself in that. You know, if you're getting coached by me, come to me and say, hey, this is what's coming up for me and let's absolutely talk through that, all right? The other mean girl behavior is manipulation. And this really kind of ties back to a lot of times in people pleasing. So people pleasing in essence is saying, I want to manipulate your view of me. Even if I'm gonna do things I don't wanna do, I want you to think of me a certain way. And that isn't the best, right? And we all do it. We all do it. And so it's just something you have to be aware of and stay managing your mind on when you're making decisions of, okay, am I doing this because I authentically want to do this and I'm going to do this with nothing in return? Or am I doing this because I secretly want so-and-so to think this about me or do this in return for me? That's manipulation. Okay. The other thing I see a ton with women is always apologizing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it's one thing to say I'm sorry when you actually like really do something shitty, right? For example, there's somebody in my life right now. I am sitting here waiting for an apology from her. She did what I think is something really shitty to me. And I'm sitting here waiting for that apology to come down. But what I hear from most women is, oh, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you sooner. I'm sorry I didn't complete my whole workbook. I'm sorry, you know, I'm not showing up in the community as much. I'm like, girl, you do not need to apologize for those things. If you're apologizing that much to me, you know, how are you doing this in your other areas of life? And you can just tell in someone's energy when they're apologizing a lot. It's a do I even want to get into this? It's a confidence thing at the end of the day, but it's also a conditioning thing that we're, again, we're all conditioned to be so nice and we have to put everyone's needs before our own. And if we don't for one second, God forbid, then we need to apologize for it, right? So just check yourself. There's probably very little things you actually need to apologize for. And that's just the end of it. (laughs) If you're also over explaining, I see this, I don't see this as much with clients anymore, but for a while there were, I had clients where it's just like, I need to over explain every single decision that I'm making. And so, yeah, that just is rooted in some sort of wounded feminine, wounded masculine energy. If there's a lot of drama in somebody's life, that is in the wounded feminine and masculine. You know, I haven't had the easiest few months, if not year of my life, And I've really had to analyze that, to be honest. You know, a lot of it was out of my control. Like my kids just happen to be sick a lot more, which is hard. 
and some things came up with that. My husband, you know, has his own sick thing that's come up too. But there's been things in my marriage that have come up. There have been things with clients that have come up that have been funky. If you heard my mid-year recap episode a few episodes ago, you've heard all of that stuff. I really had to sit there and think is like, what am I doing to attract this kind of drama in my life? And I've had some really hard conversations with myself with that of, okay, I see how I've been, it's actually rooted in a lot of people pleasing I was doing for many years, especially my marriage of just like, okay, I'm just going to act like this is pleasurable, or I'm just going to act like I'm okay that this is happening. And then the past two-ish years, I've really stepped into another phase of my power and my womanhood in that, again, that, you know, empowered divine feminine energy. And so it stirred up some things in my marriage because of that. So it's just like the residual effect of things I was doing years ago. In my business, I realized, wow, I've been people pleasing. I've really like allowed many of my clients to do things that I'm really not okay with. But I gave that to them because I didn't want to upset them. I didn't want to disappoint them. I wanted them to like me and, you know, be happy with me. And so what happens then with that is when I start to set a boundary, like I'll take, for example, you might have heard I got sued by a client. She was super happy throughout the whole coaching process. Super happy. Like tens, I probably had 30, 40 emails from her at the time of how happy she was. And then at the very end, she changed her mind. She said she wasn't happy anymore. And I was like, no, I'm not going to refund your money. And then she was so thrown off by me setting a boundary like that and being so firm in that, that it like freaked her the F out. Because what happened is I was kind of people pleasing her along the whole way at a lot of things and not calling out as much as I should have been calling out. So yeah, just see if you're involved in a lot of drama. Like what are you doing to create that? When I see this with clients, I see this in their own energy. It's their own energetic VO. And a lot of times it goes back to not just people pleasing, but just kind of like being in a critical grouchy energy, which we all can be. Let's just call it what it is. We can all be that way sometimes because let's face it, life sucks sometimes. (laughs) We do live in a patriarchy and bunch of shit's going down with all of that. But also is like if we're out there being critical, that's what we're going to attract back in our world is criticism and with criticism comes drama and things of that sort. So just start to look at, okay, what am I doing to attract this? What I also see in the mean girl behavior or the wounded feminine is they're stuck in victimhood of acting like they're a victim to things that happen in their life. Now, are we a quote unquote victim at times? Yes, absolutely. Okay, let's just say somebody cheats on you and like decides tomorrow they're divorcing you, right? Basically happened to me. Yeah, you're, it's like, wow, that really sucks. You're a victim in that. If somebody hurts you physically, you're the quote unquote victim, right? But is it really worth staying in that energy? I always go back to the question of, again, how am I attracting this in my world? What am I doing to bring forth people like this. So if we go back again to the suitcase that I had, I had to look at myself and say, Lindsay, what did you do wrong there? And I analyzed the fuck out of that for so many months 
to really look at that because I was not going to get into this whole victim mindset behavior around it, even though I ended up winning. But even if I had have won, I got into the mindset of, you know, I've won because... I've learned all of these things of things that I can do better next time with that to make sure those things don't happen again. Um, Same with my divorce. I was a quote unquote victim. He was the one that cheated on me and left me and all the things. But I really looked at, okay, what did I do to attract that into my life? Because when someone gets into victim mode, they just say it's in essence like perpetuating that they're helpless and that they can't help themselves. And that's just not helpful. You know, it's it's helpful to go in and to mourn it and to get all the feelings out about it. In essence, too, when I'm guiding clients through their own healing process, there is a period in that healing process where they do not blame themselves for anything. It's all towards other people. And so I'm getting them in the deepest part of victim mode possible to get them out of it fully. And so that is part of the process, but don't stay stuck there. Okay. Also, when people are overly emotional, now everyone's going to have their own, what do I want to call this? Their own preference on how much is too much emotion and to each their own, right? But what I see is when women are just stuck in emotion and they're just stuck in, yeah, this other horrible thing and yeah, this other thing. And they're just staying in that. And we call that indulging. So I did do a whole episode on indulgent emotions that may be worth listening to if you're resonating with that. Um, but yeah, I see that with clients from time to time when I'm trying to get them to up level because I've up leveled them, you know, at certain points. And then some people just hit their max and they're not able to take things to the next level. And then what happens is that they just it's because they stay stuck in their emotions. And so it's unfortunate. The other things I just want to touch on here, I mean, girl behavior is being critical, being emotionally unavailable too. So there's overly emotional and then being emotionally unavailable. And each person's going to have their own preference on what each thing looks like with them, but at least opening yourself up to being emotionally available. I have some clients who just like are so closed off. And there are times in my day-to-day life too when I'm just like not feeling it and I am not in the mood and I do not want to talk about feelings and I am done, right? We all have those because we're just kind of spent. And so just kind of check in with yourself. You know, if you're not overly emotional, are you emotionally unavailable? Also, this is more of the the wounded masculine behaviors that I want to list next, but I think it's important to bring them up because they can tie into mean girl behavior. And that's being really selfish, being aggressive. There's a big fear of failure. And so in essence, like you're putting on a show for everybody. This I especially see with Enneagram threes. And then being overly reactive to things, you know, just like this goes back to not being emotionally available again, right? It's just like, oh, I just don't even want to go there with emotions. So what steps can you take to start to heal these things? Well, start to see what comes up for you when another woman does something. So it could be anything. It could be any sort of behavior that they do. And maybe it stirs something up in you and it triggers you. So just start to listen to your mind of what comes up for you. So I'll give you an example of my own life so you can see it in the real life. So there was a woman who hurt me recently. And what was so interesting about that, because I have been so fortunate that very few women have hurt me in my life, that it did stir up in me the very few things that I needed to heal from other women in my life that I didn't even know were there. And so as I started to get triggered by this 
present day woman, I was like, oh, now I'm remembering when this thing happened in this time of my life and this thing happened in this time of my life. And that was such a beautiful gift, right? Because then I was able to see, oh, here are the things that I need to heal. So you do that too. Study yourself as a scientist, as I always say. Sit there. You get triggered by something. Be aware. You're never going to be able to change things if you're not aware. And this is what I'm building in my clients is self-awareness, okay? So if you're not working with somebody like me or a therapist or whatever, and you're not building self-awareness, you're not going to catch when you're triggered by something and you're not going to be able to catch why you're triggered and nothing's going to change. And you're just going to stay in a loop of the world's feeling the same way to you year after year after year after year. That's why when clients work with me, they're like, oh my God, I feel so different. I'm like, yeah, because we've changed all of these thoughts in your brain, right? So just see what comes up for you. If you're able to catch what comes up for you, write, process, and heal your former self who was hurt by, for lack of a better term, that mean girl. Allow yourself to even rage and cry if you need to. So if you're a client of mine, you know where to go with this. This is a hypervent is what I'm talking about here. But if not, then I just lean into that you need to do some deeper healing. The third thing I want to offer you here to heal is vent. Vent in safe spaces with safe people. Let your own inner mean girl be heard, which is really like your own inner child who needs love. So I talked about earlier when I was in a mastermind, they had me do this because that was what was really holding me back. I hadn't been venting for so long because I had kind of told my inner critic of like, no, we're more involved than that. We're not going to look at those things. But then that started to build up and I was just getting really reactive over the silliest things. Um, so in my mastermind, I would go in there and I would vent. And I would be like, oh, fuck this or fuck that or oh, this thing's driving me crazy. And all they would do is be like, witnessing you, Lindsay. Oh, yeah, fuck that. And like just being there to support me in that and get all that shit out of me. So you can do this in safe spaces like with me if I'm your coach. You can do this if you're in a community with me. We will hold that space for you. I even hold space for clients when they are triggered by me. So find something for you and that that you can hold that or someone that can hold that space for you, which is really hard to find. Most women do not know how to hold this space for another woman. They will give into it. It will drain them. They will not know what to do with it. So if you find somebody like this that's outside a coaching container, whoo, you better give that girl some flowers every year and hopefully you hold that space for you too because that is a special, special relationship. All right, the next step to heal is let a woman or women in their divine feminine energy hold you, okay? Let them do this for you. That's what I want to do in my circles, and I do do that in my circles, is I offer that. I'm like, yes, here's what it's like to experience that. I also do that with one-on-one clients, as I said. You know, I let them be their fullest selves in that, and I'm holding them in that energy where there's a lack of judgment, there's a lack of criticism. It's just me seeing them as their highest self, allowing them to process their feelings and just be witnessed and held and um, supported and all that. I call it holding space in the coaching world. We're just holding space for that. Another step to heal is get clear on what you want and what you will no longer tolerate from others and you. Okay, so as you're starting to up level and you're going to say, oh, I don't want to be around mean girl behavior. I don't want to be that person myself, 
you've got to set boundaries in that. So, you know, with my daughter, I'll give you a couple examples there. We set a boundary. We do not talk crap about people. Like every once in a while, it'll come up of like, oh gosh, like that's so annoying because we're human. But when one of us, really it's her, I don't think I've ever done this in a long time, but she'll start going off on somebody. I'll be like, whoo, wait a second is, my daughter's name is Izzy. I was like, wait a second. Let's look at this from a different angle. So like this happened sometime this week of like someone was driving her crazy. And I was like, okay, let's look at it from the angle of the tools that we know right? Like what's their Enneagram number? What is their trauma response? What's their pattern? And for a lot of people that trigger her are girls who have an aggressive pattern. And so, you know, when they are triggered by something, they get into fight mode. And because the way, you know, we typically condition women and girls, it's like so jarring to all of us when we see girls like this, right? And so I'll just say, oh yeah, well, Izzy, she just has aggressive pattern, like she's just aggressive pattern. And then Izzy's starting to look at it from a lens of love and understanding versus criticism and gossip. And so again, that's a boundary that I've set with her is that we don't gossip. We sit there and we understand. We're sitting there trying to understand why someone's doing what they're doing. That doesn't mean we put up with it, but that means we understand it and we come to our boundaries with those people with love. Okay. The last step I want to give you to help you heal from inner mean girl wounds is to show yourself grace as you heal and find a space to hold you. So as I said, my Live in the Dream Mastermind is like this. My Awaken Woman group program can do this for you. Um, And it is a lot to step in those containers and to open yourself up to these women, to be able to see you knowing that you likely have some mean girl wounds that you need to heal. And just know that's what the container's for, is to help you heal all of that so that you can go and have more flourishing relationships with other women and men in your life. Because, you know, even if our brain is like, oh, girls are this, 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 and this, our brain is so, how do I want to say it? Like it can generalize things so easily that even though if you're thinking that about women and girls, it will likely create that for you in all your relationships of like, oh, I can't trust others. Oh, they're two-faced. And so that's likely showing up in the way that you're connecting with the people you love the most in your life, which is likely your partner and your family members and your kids and friendships and things of that sort. All right. So, whew. All right. That is what I wanted to offer you today. Again, if you are like, okay, well, what is it like in the divine feminine energy, Lindsay? And what is it in those circles? Go listen to the Unleash Your Divine Feminine podcast, but I'll just give you a taste of it. It's very loving, very accepting, just very like chill and very calm and very open. Something I'm setting in my Live in the Dream container that's about to start here for the next year for 2223 is I'm having everything being shared in the group. There's no one-off conversations. Now they can go have their own one-off conversations with other members, I don't care about that. But in regards to what I say to them is gonna be all in the container. And so there's no behind the scenes conversations happening at all. Because I just learned from my experience the year before, I had too many one-off conversations going on and it almost started to feel like gossip to me. I just, I didn't like that feeling. And so, yeah, we're in this container. We're totally open and it's a beautiful thing when you lean into it and it can bring up some things that need to be healed and that's okay. And it's a beautiful space to heal it. So I hope you learned some beautiful things from today's episode. I loved recording it for you and I will see you soon on another episode soon. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero. And you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share the show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.